the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. If you and I repent on the basis of being scared of something, it's incomplete. Because the Spirit of God doesn't do that to His children. Our repentance when we transgress is predicated by those things. Faith, grace, mercy, truth, love. And they produce the repentance that we need. You know, it was my mother. I, you know, I always use my mother as an illustration. My mother taught me religion. My mother taught me how to obey. You don't mess with my mom. When my mother says stop, it is in your best interest to stop. That's all there is to that, okay? My mother will never say, will never wait until you experience the pain. When she says stop, you stop. Because she will never wait to say, see, I told you so. My mother never does that. When she says stop, she's not going to wait to say, I told you so when something happens. She will administer the pain right there and then. When she says stop, you learn to pray. I've learned to pray. She taught me obedience because she means business. I was never a religious kid, but disobeying my mother taught me obedience. Obedience gives us the boldness we need to pray and live a life confidently trusting God enough to obey Him. You know, if you don't trust the Lord, you'll never obey His word. It's as simple as that. If I don't trust God, I will never obey anything He says. Spirit-filled praying does just that. It gives us the confidence, okay? In Ephesians uh, chapter 6, 18 to 20, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whatever I, whenever I speak, words may be given to me, that I will be, that I will be fearless to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as it should. So when we pray, we don't pray out of fear. We pray out of confidence because we know that it's leading us to the place of obedience to the Word of God. Now, there's a second mark of Spirit-filled praying. Uh, and not only do we need to come clean and be in that obedience stage, 
But we also need to learn how to cry out to God. Praying is crying out to God. Spirit-filled praying is recognizing two things about God. His transcendence and His immanence. Okay? Let's look very briefly at verses 15 to 16. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. Now, I want you to underline that in your Bible or in your notes. That's a critical piece of our praying with power. By Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit helps us pray. And you may say, yes, of course, I know that already. Every Christian knows that, and they should. And it's nothing new to me, Pastor. But as you see, it's not the fact uh, so much that uh, believing in the Holy Spirit as a helper, that's the problem. When I ask you, do you know that the Holy Spirit is your helper when you pray? 100% of you will say, yes, I know that. But that's not the problem. That's not the issue. The issue is not that the Holy Spirit is our helper. The issue is how does He help us? How does He help us? The question, what does it mean to receive the Holy Spirit? How does that work? How does this take, take place in a Christian's life? And I guarantee you many Christians have never really thought deeply enough about what it means to be in the presence of God, to have the Holy Spirit in them. The only way we can really understand and answer this question is to recognize two things about God, His transcendence and His immanence. That's in the nature of God. What is transcendence? Transcendence of God means that God is, has an otherness to Him. He's not like us. Okay? He is, not, he is above us. That's what it means for God to be transcendent. He is above and beyond not only us, but of the entire creation. There's an otherness to God. He's beyond everything. You know, there is a heresy in the church that's called uh, pantheism, okay? Pantheism says that God and the universe are one. That the universe is God and God is the universe, nothing more, nothing less. That's not true. It's a heresy because the Bible says that God is beyond His own creation. He exists beyond everything because He is transcendent. He's outside of everything. He's outside of us. That's why we cry out, not cry in. That's why we don't look to ourselves when we pray. That's why we look out. Because God is transcendent. But here's another character trait of God. Though He is transcendent, He is also imminent. Imminent means He is near. There's the nearness of God. So transcendence is the otherness of God. His immanence is the nearness of God, especially to those who call on His name. So He is both transcendent and immanent. And that's good news for everybody. And let me explain to you biblically how that is so critical. You see, in the Old Testament, God mediated His transcendent nature, okay, through what? Through theophanies, 
Sometimes God appears like a person in the Bible. He does it through Christophanies, the appearances of Jesus in the Old Testament. Why is that necessary? Because God is transcendent. He's out. He needs to be near in some ways to the people. What else? Angelic visitations. You know, read the Old Testament. There's a lot of angels walking around all over the place, right? What else? Prophets. There are prophets in the Bible. What else? Kings. Judges. And at some point in time, God says, you're going to have to build a temple and my presence will be mediated by priests. That's how transcendent God was in the Old Testament. He's above all and above everything, so he mediates his presence through theophanies, Christophanies, angelic visitation, prophets, judges, kings, and priests. That's the only way people can have a sense of God's presence. They cannot touch Him. They cannot reach Him. God is a one-sided thing. In fact, if they don't do it right, they get killed instantly. Nobody wants to be in the temple when, God, when the priest goes inside the temple and if he messes up, he's dead. That's how transcendent God was in the Old Testament. Then comes Jesus. The gospel says, in the past, God spoke to us through angelic visitation, prophets, judges, priests, and kings. But now he appears to us as his son. He came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So now God is near. For the first time in the history of creation, God is near the people. The the apostle says, now we can hear him, feel him, touch him. But he only dwelt among us for a while. Thirty-three and a half years declared that God has now appeared on the earth. When Jesus was born, that's the last time an angel appeared. They appeared again after he died. There's no need. God's never going to mediate his presence anymore because the person of Jesus is on the earth. We beheld His glory, the one and only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then Jesus was crucified. He died on the cross. He was buried. And He rose again and stayed on the earth for 40 days. And He said to His disciples, wait into the upper room. And in the 50th day of Pentecost, I will send the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit came, He wasn't going to abide with us for three years, five years. He, he will abide forever. The Holy Spirit is here. He's the one in charge of all the praying we do in the name of Jesus. The God who is transcendent through the Holy Spirit now is imminent. He is near. He is in our midst. Paul says, go seek the Lord for he is not far from you. And He's as close as the breath that you speak. Every time you speak to God, the Holy Spirit brings it to heaven. 
Every single praise you utter, the Spirit of God brings it as an aroma before the throne of God. When you sing at church on Sunday mornings, your soul is communicating with the very throne of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. He is near. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit has come and He's come to be with us and in us. Now, there's some confusions there, confusion there as well. Okay? What does it mean for the Holy Spirit to be in us? I had a pastor friend who tells me, oh, the Holy Spirit is distributed to all the believers and He actually physically gets inside the believers. And I said, no, 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 no. That's another heresy similar to pantheism. It's called panantheism. Panantheism is a heresy that says that God inhabits all of His creations. In other words, God is in the piano. God is in this plastic podium. God is in the trees. That's why you have tree worshipers, amen, people messing around with this thing. That God is on the walls. That's a heresy because that's not what Scripture reveals about the Holy Spirit living in us. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is a non-corporeal being. He's not confined in space and time. You cannot locate the Holy Spirit. When the Bible says the Holy Spirit is with you and is in you. He's not speaking about location. He's speaking about relation. It's not about location. It's relationship. It means the Holy Spirit is the prime influence in your life and mine. When the Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, it simply means that the number one driving force in our lives, what we do with this body, is superintendent and driven by the Spirit of God. That's why when we pray, we know we need to cry out because the Holy Spirit is near. But, but some of these people believe, me. oh, the Holy Spirit is inside me. Listen, if you believe that the Holy Spirit is inside you, you better not gossip anymore. Oh, the Holy Spirit is in me. Hey, you gossip. The Holy Spirit is in me. Hey, you watching that channel you're not supposed to watch? Holy Spirit is in you. See how, how we miss it? You see how, 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 how confused we become? Then we, we put certain demands on ourselves to say that, hey, the Holy Spirit is in me. I, I cannot sin anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. No. It's about relationship. It's about influence. You know, my wife tells me all the time, you're just like your mother. And I said, you mean to tell me the ghost of my mother is now inside me and I talk and act like her? Am I possessed by my mother's spirit? No. She has a big influence in my life. That's why I behave, talk, and act the way I do because of the influence that she had in me. The same thing with the Holy Spirit. The way you live and move. The Bible says, in Him we live and have and move and have our being. That means the influence of the Holy Spirit is so apparent in our lives that we become different than the world. So when we pray, we're confident because of that relationship with God. We know that the Holy Spirit is near. You know what the Bible says? If you confess your sin, 
If I confess my sin, He's faithful and just to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Wait a minute. That verse is not for unbelievers. It's for you and me. Because the Holy Spirit must be the prime influence in our lives. That's what makes praying powerful. The Holy Spirit is near us. We can speak words in prayer and the Holy Spirit hears it and delivers it to God. We need to reckon with that. We cannot ascribe the where question to the Holy Spirit because He is outside of time and space. To ask where the Holy Spirit is, is I mean, to ask where is the Holy Spirit is to ask the, uh, the, the question, what the color red tastes like. It's contradictory. So when the Bible, Spirit, the Bible says the Holy Spirit is in us, it's not, again, it's not referring to location. It's referring to relationship. It's referring to the intimacy of our relationship between us and God. It means the Holy Spirit is the main influence in our life. So when the Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, again, it's a figure of speech. It simply means that the Holy Spirit is the primary influence in our life. John chapter 3, verse 8 says, the wind blows. This is Jesus saying this. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. That's what Jesus said to Nicodemus. You know, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You know it exists. You even feel it. But you know, you don't know where it's at. Because the Holy Spirit is not locatable. The Holy Spirit is relatable. And I know some of you are scratching your head. But this happens to us every time. You know, years ago, a couple of years ago, maybe 20 years ago, this song called, I'm Happy. You hear that song? I'm happy, I'm happy. Drove me nuts. Got me into medication. Almost got me drinking. I, 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 I hate hearing that everywhere. It's coming from everywhere. Turn on the radio, it's there. Turn on TV, it's there. You go to the elevator, it's there. You go to the supermarket, it's there. You go home, it's there. You, you, you know, it, that's, that's the kind of thing. It, the Holy Spirit is like everywhere, but the influence that He has on us, in us, is very clear. We're still capable of sinning, even though we have the Holy Spirit because the commandment is obedience to God and to cry out to God. When you stop doing that, there's a big problem. Amen? When you stop praying, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Now, you don't go out of your way to commit sin. I mean, I want to make that very clear. You are a different person. You've been blood-bought. Okay? Sin is no longer what defines you. Sin no longer defines me. But then again, this flesh is still very much real. And it's going to do everything it possibly can to entice us. We have three enemies still. You, you know, the spirit, the world. I mean, the, the devil, the world, and the flesh. Those three enemies we're still fighting. Amen? The world, the spirit of the world, the spirit in the world, the devil himself. I know some of you, you know, I was praying for, for Yvonne and Eric and all the members of the band every time they come up here because I know the devil's going to come and attack because they intend to lead the people of God to worship. And do you think the devil's going to sit around saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to let them? 
No, the Bible says resist the devil. We got to fight him at every corner. We need to fight this world at every corner, the ideologies and philosophies of this world. The problem is we think the Holy Spirit literally lives inside of us. But let me tell you again, it's about our relationship. Look at the, the balance of uh, the verse. It says, for this reason I kneel before the Father. Paul says this in, the, in, uh, in Ephesians. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth drives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with the power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That's the preoccupation of all the saints. To get to that point where we constantly are being aware, being reminded by the Spirit of how high, how wide, how deep is the love of God for us. And there's a final point here, and it's called dependence on God. Dependence on God. That's when we cling to. Praying means we depend on God 100%. The final outcome of intimacy with God is total dependence on God. Spirit-filled praying is dependent and confident in the will of God. Look at the final verse, verse 16. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His suffering, in order that we may also share in His glory. When we pray, the Holy Spirit confirms, validates that we are God's children. We are never afraid to pray for anything because we are dependent on whatever God wants to do. And we're confident of what He does. The Spirit eliminates doubts about the will of God. Do you have a doubt about the will of God? If so, you need to pray in the Spirit. Because the first thing that the Holy Spirit removes when we're born again is doubt. Cannot have doubt when you are influenced by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit intercedes, meaning He conforms everything to God's will. You know when the Bible says that, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings that we cannot utter in Romans chapter 5, right? You know, we don't know how to, to say anything. We don't know what to pray for and all of that. But the Holy Spirit, you know, ministers to us with groaning. Sometimes you just pray in tongues, you know, endlessly because you just cannot express to God what it is that you want. So you pray in tongues. You pray in the Spirit. You pray with understanding. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit is doing in our life. You know, He's bringing us to a place wherein He intercedes on our behalf so that we can identify God's will. And that's good news. Even in our prayer, we're not praying alone. The Holy Spirit conforms our will to the will of God. Make sure the Holy Spirit is influencing you through the words of Christ. In the Bible, it says, Romans 8, 26-27, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. I love that verse. 
You know, when you pray, you know, sometimes I just don't know how to pray. Sometimes too tired, you know. Too tired to pray. But the Holy Spirit says, just, just release your, just, just cling, cling to my word. Cling to the words of Christ. Cling to me. And the Bible says, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes, intercedes for, uh, for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So, you know, when you pray, part of the power of praying is being uh, privy, being given the revelation of the will of God. So this thing called praying in the Spirit is, is, is much more, much more than just uttering things that we want God to hear. It's literally exposing us, exposing us to the light of God's will. You know, something's troubling you today. You don't have a direction and all of that. I guarantee this from the Word of God. When the Holy Spirit, when we start yielding to the Holy Spirit, He enlightens us in those things. And He doesn't give us some weird kind of vision or anything like that. He validates what the Word of God already says. 99.9% of God's will is in God's Word. 99.9%. The 1% don't mess with. God doesn't want you to know. But 99.9, I'll take it. I have a basis. You have a basis to trust in God's will. Amen. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.